Now, what I want to do today is not political. I'm not here to lecture you. I'm not here to tell you whether the new system is good or bad. My personal view, I don't like the change. I wouldn't have done it myself. But it is certainly nowhere near as bad as you have been led to believe. So, I've got about 20 minutes to whiz through the 20 key facts about the new system, not the politics. Fact number one, the new system only hits students who start in 2012. Any student who is already at university will continue on the current system. This is only about new 2012 starters and beyond, which applies to most of the people in this room, but you may have older brothers or sisters who are already at university. Their fees will not increase. It will stay as it is right now, and that includes people who start in 2011. Fact number two, the really big one. Tuition fees may be trebling, but that doesn't mean your costs are trebling. And this is the logical jump that we all have to make. Tuition fees are the set price of going to university. But what matters to each and every one of you is not what the fees are, but how much you're actually going to pay towards them, what your real cost will be. Now, there'll be bursaries and fee waivers, and the entire structure of the way you repay means, and I'll come to explaining why later, many of you will not come close to paying your full tuition fees. You will not repay it. You will not repay it. And this isn't said often. What's talked about is, when you leave university, you're going to have 50 grand of debt. Are we going to be able to afford 50 grand of debt? My children, 50 grand of debt, that's how much they leave. Not true for many people. 50,000 pounds is the amount demarked, but it's not the amount that you will spend. And let's start to explain why. You do not need the cash to go to university. Nobody needs to have the tuition fees. You don't need to pay them to go. What happens is this. The student loan company pays your fees for you. Then, in the April after graduation, you start to repay it back. If you haven't got the money, if your parents don't have the money, it does not matter. That will not stop you. Everybody in this room, if you are a first-time UK undergraduate, your fees will be paid for you regardless of whether you've got the money or not. Really important to remember, there's no one who shouldn't be going to university because they think they don't have the cash in the bank. Number four, if you don't earn over £21,000, you don't repay anything. Ever. Let's just say this again. If you don't earn over £21,000, you don't repay anything, ever. This is because the repayment system is set at 9% above everything you earn above £21,000. Who wants to do a maths degree in here? Have we got any maths people? Come on and be honest. Hands up. Who's good at maths? Volunteer. Look at you. UCL, this is an LSE man on here. You want to go to UCL. You're letting down your potential future college. Someone must be good at maths. I'll do an easy question. You earn £25,000. You pay 9% of everything above £21,000. How much do you pay a year? £360. Thank you very much. Give yourself a round of applause. Come on, round of applause. Yes, a little bit of participation when we go in this. That's how it works. You repay 9% of everything above £21,000 you earn in a year. And what's equally important, let's imagine you're earning £30,000. It all goes well. Nightmare, you've just lost your job. What happens? Well, if you're now earning under £21,000, you stop repaying. You don't have to repay if you're not earning over £21,000. And interestingly, not often mentioned, this £21,000 figure is the figure in 2016. In 2017, they start to increase the figure in line with the 
average earnings across the nation. So as we have inflation and as people earn more, the threshold increases too. So you're always repaying above the equivalent, the rough equivalent of £21,000, even in future money. When you go working abroad after you finish your education, yes. how does the debt system work? How do you keep repaying stuff? Very common question this. If you go and work abroad, you have a contractual relationship with the student loans company that says you must repay 9% of everything you earn above the equivalent of £21,000. There is no question that you have to repay that money under UK contractual law. The question is the enforceability of that law. If you left the UK and never ever came back, or you left Europe and never ever came back, well, how do they enforce it apart from pushing it in foreign courts and that depends on jurisdictional issues. If you went abroad for a year and you did not pay this and you came back to the UK, well then you haven't been paying what you owed and you're now back in the UK jurisdiction and you can expect a stick to be coming down on you. So. I think it is important to understand if you go abroad, for the vast majority of people, you still have to repay this money. In fact, you do have to repay this money. You may choose to breach contract. If you did choose to breach contract, you're breaching contract and that is quite a serious thing to do and you need to be very well aware of that. After 30 years, the debt is wiped. 30 years later, even if you haven't repaid a penny, you no longer owe anything. Even if you've got 20 grand left to repay, that goes, it disappears. If you graduate age 20, at the age of 50, it's gone. If you graduate age 60, at the age of 90, it's gone. To be fair, if you're graduating at 60, you're on a pension, you may not be earning over 21 grand anyway, so it doesn't really matter to you. But that is how it works, it's as simple as that. After 30 years, it's gone, it disappears. Number six, you repay the student loan through the income tax system. Now, many parents in here will be very familiar with paying tax. They will tell you it's a wonderful thing that they deeply enjoy and it doesn't bother them at all. Students, this is how tax works. When you get paid normally, as a basic rate taxpayer, which is someone earning, let's say, 10 to 40,000 pounds roughly, they take tax and national insurance, about 30% of what you get paid. But you never see that money. Let For every thousand pounds you get, your employer automatically sends the 300 quid to the tax man. It doesn't go in your pocket, you just receive 700 pounds. Exactly the same is true of student loans. You are not paying this money back. You are not taking the money out of your bank account to give it to anybody. It simply comes from the payroll, just like tax. So if you're repaying back 100 quid, then it comes straight out of the pay packet. You never see it. You just get what's left after that. Now, this is really important for one reason that I would like to shout out aloud to each and every one of you. When I say loud, I mean loud. There are no debt collectors with student loans. No one will ever knock on your door. No one will ever come chasing you. Simply because it's paid through the payroll. This isn't like a payday loan. Horrible things, avoid them. 3,000% APR, disgusting. Anyway, this isn't like a payday loan. This is a totally different type of lending. You will never have anyone chasing you. It will be automatically taken out of the payroll. It is not scary for that concept. It isn't a debt hanging over your head like normal types of debt. There should not be a fear of that. Yes, you're gonna to have to repay if you're earning over 21,000 pounds, but it isn't the nasty, vicious cycle of debts that we often see by people who borrow too much. Really get that message out there. My question was about the amount of time that um, students uh, uh, give them to pay back the money. Uh, I was wondering, is it possible that that will change in the near future? Uh, it would be 
brought up from 30 years? Um, this is a very interesting question. Any of you planning to do part politics? Because here's a bit of a mini lecture. Parliament is omnicompetent, right? What that means is Parliament can say anything and change the law at any time and totally override any past laws and anything else. If the UK Parliament decided to say that the United States of America was owned by the Queen, then that would be the law in this country, even though it is nonsense. It would still be UK law. Practically, I don't think we're big enough to do it. So, could a future government change this system? Yes, under law, it could change this system. If we look back at all the previous iterations of student loans, for example, remember I said at the start, people starting now will be under the same current system, they won't go to the new system. That's because every time we've had a change in student loans, it is only ever applied to new starters. It has never been retrospectively applied. Retrospective law changes are incredibly rare in the UK. Politicians tend to avoid them. I think it's very unlikely they would change the system. I cannot guarantee they won't change the system. You, you might say the biggest risk would be them doing it before you actually started in 2012, because then you haven't undergone this contract, then you haven't taken a contract out with them. I think it's very, very unlikely once you start for them to change the system, but I am not a brave enough man to say no, they couldn't do so. Having said that, I would plan based on the system as it is now. Number seven, this is one people don't believe. You ready for this one? Your repayments will be £540 a year lower than current students graduating now. Lower. 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 This, this has been missed, and this is actually the key to understanding the new system. Said before, I'm not a particular fan of it, but this is one of the good points. Your repayments will be lower. You will have more money in your pocket than students graduating right now. Now that is very good for disposable income. Parents out there, let me ask you, because I've heard this asked on Question Time on Five Live and Radio 2 when I've been doing phone-ins, I hear this all the time. How many of you were worried how your kid was going to survive after they graduate because of these new big debts? How many, hands up if you were thinking that. £540 a year lower, lower. They're going to have more money in their pockets. Now, I have to say there is a slight little bit of a technical one here that I should just say. Compared to 2011 starters, the amount they repay starts rising with inflation from 2012. So that'll be £15,000 plus inflation in 2016. So the gap won't be quite as big, but it doesn't matter unless inflation is ridiculously bad, in which case none of you have to worry. We've all got to worry because the economy will go down the plug. You're going to pay less than current graduates in 2011, less each year. But the problem with that is that means you will owe money for longer and you may have to repay a lot, lot more over the time than current graduates. This is the quid pro quo. Think about it for a second. Number one, you're borrowing a lot more. Number two, you're repaying a lot less each year. That means you will be in debt longer. In fact, most of you will be in debt for the entire 30-year period and will not pay this off. So, it is a very different type of system to the one we've got now. More money in your pocket initially, but you'll be in debt for a lot longer, and if you're earning a decent whack, you will have to repay back a lot more. 
I should also point out there is an interest cost too. You know what interest is? Anybody not? Hands up, be honest. Interest is the cost of borrowing money. I'll explain it anyway. Uh, if I charge you 5% interest on a pound, that means I'll give you the pound, but in a year's time, you have to give me back one pound and five P. It is the cost of money. And there is interest on these loans, and the interest is higher than the current system. I don't like this. I think they shouldn't have done it. On principle, I think it's wrong. But they've done it, and we have to understand it. It works like this. Currently, as a graduate, the interest you repay is set at the rate of inflation. So it works like this for current students. You go into the Tesco's, you buy a supermarket, you buy £1,000 worth of stuff. That's how much you borrow, £1,000. You take your loan. Now, in 10 years' time, the amount you have to repay on your loan has gone up with inflation. It's gone up in the same level as the prices of all those goods in Tesco's have risen. So while the cash amount you repay back is the same, Actually, it would still only buy you the same shopping trolley in Tesco's in the current system. So the real cost to you hasn't changed. It hasn't impacted the pound in your pocket. You borrowed £1,000 and you repay the equivalent of £1,000 in tomorrow's prices whenever you repay the debt back. Under the new system, it doesn't work like that. While you are a student, you will repay inflation, which is RPI rate for those of you who know about these things, inflation plus 3%. And that will last until the April after graduation. Once you graduate, the interest that you pay will depend on how much you earn. If you earn less than £21,000, it'll just be the rate of inflation. If you earn more than £41,000, it'll be inflation plus 3%. If you earn between £21,000 and £41,000, it will be a gradual scale between the two. It's something that you need to understand. My personal objection to it is that it actually means as well as paying for your education, you will also have to pay for the cost of financing your education because you'll be charged a real rate of interest. Actually, the practical impact is very limited. Again, because many of you probably won't repay the whole amount, so you won't actually have to repay the interest. I just have a personal principled objection to it. Might as well get a little bit of that in there. Now, next. Another one of those, no, did he really say that? Yeah, he did, oh, oh, didn't think he said that. Did he say that? Yeah, no, it's true, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, you will repay the same each year, whether you are on a £6,000 course or a £9,000 course. You will not repay any more, you look puzzled. You will not repay any more on a £9,000 course each year than on a £6,000 course. You're smiling, you know why? <gasps> no fear. Oh, terrible, don't pick on me. Look at him back there, he did it. Um, right, simple as this. You repay 9% of everything you earn above £21,000. That is your repayment. It's irrelevant what your fees are. You pay 9% of everything you earn above £21,000. You've got a £9,000 course. It doesn't matter because your salary is still the same. So, whichever, whether you choose a £6,000 or £9,000 course, it will not make any difference to the amount that you're having to repay each year. That's a really crucial thing to understand. Really important, you will not pay more each year because you're on a higher fee course. Next one, number 11. Any of you planning on going part-time? Part-time actually can be quite good for many people, especially more mature students. Uh, it allows you to do other things and earn income. There is a really good positive change for 2012 starters if you go part-time. In the old days, in the current days, if you go part-time, you had to pay for the course up front. You actually had to have the cash in your pocket and pay for it. From 2012, that changes. You will get the same type of loan as you do for tuition for full-time students, part-time students will get it. Fees have also gone up to a maximum of £6,750 off the top of my head. 
but you get the same type of loan if you want to go part-time, but you don't get a maintenance loan, which brings me nicely on to maintenance loans. As well as getting the loan for tuition, you get a loan for living as well. And that is repaid through exactly the same system, through the payroll at above £21,000. Really important. So in effect, your tuition loan and your maintenance loan are added together. The amount you get on maintenance depends on a couple of things. First of all, let's do the maximums. The most you can get if you live at home is £4,375 a year. If you live away from home, it's £5,500, except in London, where it's £7,675. Now, the key on this is the actual amount you get in your loan isn't guaranteed. 65% of it you definitely get. So nearly two-thirds of those amounts I've given you, you will get. The rest of it depends on your parental income, what's called your parental residual income. I'm not going to go into the complexities of that, but effectively, the more your parents earn, the less of a loan you get. But the least loan you can get is two-thirds of the maximum amount. So that is what you will have to live on. And it should be said, if any of you have parents above that threshold, this is nominally devised. There is no way to make them do it, but they should be filling in the gap. Look at them now if you know that they're quite wealthy and tell them that's you, you need to pay, I want it sorted or I won't love you anymore, Daddy. <laughs> um, where shall we go next? Grants. There are grants under the new system. There are grants now as well, people just don't often talk about them. It works like this. If you have family income under £25,000, then you will get a grant of £3,250 a year to replace the same amount of loan. So instead of having to pay it back, the difference is a grant is an amount of money you get and you don't have to pay back, a loan you have to pay back, but only when you're earning above £21,000 at 9% above that, we've done that, I shall carry on. So, under twenty-five grand, you get a loan of £3,250. Family income up to £42,600 total, you will still get some form of grant. So between 25,000 and 42,600, you get some form of grant. Obviously, the more your parents earn, the less money you get. And I talk about parents because I'm looking at the audience here. For certain students who count as independent students, it's based on your income as opposed to your parental income. But there are grants available, and those grants always replace the loan. The actual amount that you get varies. Okay, now I'm going to go into the bit that people get surprised by. Boo! I enjoyed that. Uh, loans. Student loans do not go on your credit file. This is the bit where students tend to go, what? Oh, I don't understand any of this. And parents are sitting there going, this is the bit about mortgages. Write this down, John. John, write this down. It's mortgages. God, I'm never going to get a house under this nuisance. This is, so this is that bit, right? Loans... Student loans do not go on your credit reference file. There is no record. That means when you apply for a product, unless the lender asks you where, if you have a student loan, they do not know that you have a student loan, so it won't impact it. Now, some lenders can ask, and if they ask, you need to tell them the truth, because otherwise it's a fraudulent loan application, and you know, you're starting your student life. I don't want to advise you to go into prison later on. If you are going to go to prison later on, it's probably not worth paying the fees to go to university. A little bit of an extra tip I just threw in there. So, no fraudulent applications. It doesn't go in your file, and actually, many credit card and bank accounts don't ask at all. Some mortgages do, some mortgages don't. But here's the really interesting bit. Do you remember what I said before? Do you pay more or less than now under the new system. Yes. Thank you, we've got somewhere. And this is fascinating. I want you to think about this for a second. 
You have more money in your pocket than now under the new system. So you graduate from university, you're on a decent but not whacking salary, so you're having to make some repayments but not all of it. You want to save a deposit to getting a mortgage, you have more money to do so. You have the ability in the early years after graduation to save more money than currently to get a deposit and you have more disposable income, what mortgage lenders call net income. You have more income in your pocket that gives you the ability to get a bigger mortgage. That means you are more, not less, attractive. Now this has to be said, it is balanced because there comes a certain point where current students would have paid off the debt and you will still be in debt. After that point, you've got less money in your pockets because they're debt free and you're not. But actually, and I'm doing more research into this, so this is provisional, but ultimately it looks like it's pretty much negligible. The change that's happening to 2012 students won't really have an impact on whether you can get a mortgage. I've spoken to the Council for Mortgage Lenders on this. They agree it's very unlikely to have an impact. If we were to really go technical, for those people who want to get an impact in the, in the first 10 years or so after university, it's actually positive. For those who want to get between 10 and 20 years, it's probably negative. But it balances itself out. So those of you parents worried your kids will never get a house, they may well never get a house, but more because they have to have a 20% deposit and the housing market is far too over expensive and mortgages are too expensive compared to base rates rather than because of student loans. But that's a talk for another day. Number 15, something else I don't like, I've been lobbying, it hasn't been decided yet. If you want to repay early and quicker, which is often the good things that you should do with debt, you may face extra penalties for doing so. This is something that is out to consultation at the moment. Um, it hasn't been decided. The reason for this, it's a really interesting one. The reason for this is this is about political progressivity, which is not easy to say. And progressivity means that what they want is higher earners to pay more than lower earners. But if you allow richer people to pay the loan off early, effectively you don't do so. So there is a political argument here that says, if we allow people to repay the loan off early without penalties, because they, ha they haven't had the debt as long, because they're repaying less interest, therefore it's not progressive. Now, personally, I come from a money point of view rather than a political perspective. I believe that financial education is the most important thing that we can give any generation. We've just had a debt-ridden economic crisis. And to have any form of messaging that says, don't pay off your debts, is an absolutely abhorrent one. But this one is still to be debated. It is something that you should know about though. Number 16, another one of those surprise moments. Are there any of you in here who have some savings or even are thinking of borrowing so that your children, or maybe you did before you came here and you might be changing your mind now, so that your children will not have to take out the tuition fee loan? Is that in anyone? Yes, there. Oh yes, there's hands up. Having analysed this, I find it very difficult to see any circumstance where you should not let your child take the loan, where you should pay it off, even if you have the money sitting in a savings account. Certainly, if you're going to have to borrow it yourself, that is a bonkers thing to do. Do not do that. Please do not get a loan out yourself rather than taking the tuition fee loan. And the reason for this is simple. They only have to repay it if they're earning more than £21,000. You may well pay £30,000 or £27,000 so your kid doesn't have to have a tuition fee loan. They go to university. 
they suddenly decide they want to become an artist. For the rest of their life, they're earning £15,000 and you paid off the debt that they would never repay. If you are worried about this sitting over your children's shoulders, and I'll come on to why I think that's not necessarily a good worry later, but if you're worried about that, what I would strongly suggest you do, and this is open to what happens with early redemption penalties, and, and I'll write more about this, you'll be able to read it if you're interested. If early redemption penalties come in, it does skew this slightly. What I would do is I would take the money, I'd put it in a high interest savings account, or preferably a cash ISA each year, but that won't go into that right now. And I would leave it sitting there while your, while your child goes to university until the April after graduation, when you will have a pretty good idea of whether they're going to be a high earner, in which case paying it off is a good thing because it will stop them having to pay the interest, or whether they're not. Now, of course, there is a cost to this because there is an interest rate while they're at university. But what you have to do is, on the one hand, you have RPI plus 3%, inflation plus 3% interest while they're at university until the April versus graduation. And on the other hand, you have, they won't have to pay it off unless they're earning over £21,000. And even if they are earning over £21,000, if they're only earning £22,000 or £23,000 or the equivalent for their lifetime, they still won't come close to paying off what you paid in the first place. So, now, when when you actually start to think about, does that make sense? Because I know you're a hand up. When you start to think about this, it actually puts in context the entire way the system works. I am standing on stage with no bias here, not trying to sell it, don't like the system. But I am saying to you, if you've got the money, you're better off keeping it than paying off the tuition fees. That's how radically wrong many people are considering this system because of the political spittle that has been flying. You know how you said that they take the money out of your uh, income every month. Um, is it before or after tax? It comes from your before tax income. Your before tax income. So if you earn £23,000 gross salary, right. it's the £2,000 difference. So £2,000 times nine. It's £180 a year that will be taken. Right. Okay. okay. A couple more points. Two left. Then we'll do questions. Right. First point. There's no debt collectors. It's proportionate to earnings. Many people will repay it through their entire working life. If you don't earn over 21,000 pounds, you don't have to repay. It's wiped at 30 years. This is far more like a tax than a loan. Some might even go as far as calling it a graduate tax. And in fact, well, it isn't a graduate tax for a number of complex reasons, such as if it was a graduate tax, you couldn't charge it for people if they went and lived overseas. And it's actually a contract, so you can charge students if they go and live overseas once they graduate. It's one of the reasons it is a tax. It is actually far more similar conceptually to a tax than a loan, for all the reasons I've laid out. And it's very important for parents especially to start to think about that. Personal view. And the reason I would say that is this. I speak to so many parents who tell me, I am petrified about 50,000 pounds of debt for my child. I am going to do whatever I can to ensure that my child is not in that much debt. Even if it means pushing and hurting my own finances, this is my kith and kin, my love, my blood. I will do what I can to make it better for them. And if this were a normal £50,000 debt, I could understand the sentiment. Now let's rephrase this a second. Turn it around. Think of it as a graduate tax. Same parent. If your child earns enough they will have to pay more tax 
Are you going to give them extra money so they don't have to pay that tax? And now it's laughable. Now it's a laughable, and of course I'm not. They're earning more money. They're earning enough to pay it. Why on earth would I give them the cash? And that's why conceptually thinking of it as a graduate tax is quite an interesting way to go. It's not purely a tax. It's somewhere a hybrid between the two. One of the great challenges with this task force I've taken on is trying to create the new language about finance because calling it a loan or a debt isn't quite right. Calling a tax isn't quite right. It's a hybrid. It's somewhere in between. Hopefully we've got another 300 ambassadors in here who might start to understand it. There are places you can go and read more on this if you want to afterwards go to my site moneysavingexpert.com forward slash students 2012 that includes all the documentation but it's interesting to know number 19 I've said it before actually many people will not repay this in full we've done some numbers and you have to make lots of assumptions about inflation and graduate increase in earnings so they're not accurate that says even somebody starting on a 30,000 pound salary going up faster than normal earnings over their lifetime will not repay the loan plus the maintenance loan plus the interest in full over 30 years. They will not repay that and more so. In fact, they will not repay that on a £6,000 fee course which means 30,000 pound starter, remember, and that's just take that as a rough estimate rather than anything too meaty. That means because they wouldn't repair it on a 6,000 pound course, if they were to take a 9,000 pound course, they would repay exactly the same amount. So I said earlier, your repayments are no more each year between six and 9,000. I'm actually saying now, apart from for higher earners, and you know what, aspirational, we want you to be higher earners, go and earn a million pounds a year, woo, fantastic. Then you really won't care about the student loan because you'd have paid it off very quickly and it won't be an issue for you. But if you don't, for many people on typical salaries, actually they won't pay any more on 9,000 pound courses than 6,000 pound courses over the 30 years. There is no additional cost. Now I have to say, Bad calculation by the government, because lots of people out there are charging £9,000. The government's paying, and it's not going to recoup any more money on £9,000 and £6,000 courses with a large number of people. If you're not going to earn that much, and you're going into a more socially valuable career where you're perhaps never going to get paid that much, and you ask me, should I go for six or £9,000 courses? Well, if the £9,000 course is better, then... I would go for the £9,000 course because you're unlikely to pay any more. If they're exactly the same, you may as well go for the £6,000 course for safety. Was anyone thinking like that before? Were you thinking there is a big difference between six and £9,000? Yes? No? Come on, feedback. Yes? Yeah? This is quite incredible, isn't it? Six thousand, nine thousand pounds for many people will not make any difference. And my final point before I finish, just something because I always... Parents, are you going to tell your student children that they must budget when you go to university? As a working person, you should not spend more than you. As a student, you should not spend more than. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. See, it was all easy till then, wasn't it? Every parent tells the kids, oh, Johnny, you're going to university. Please do a budget. It's incredibly important. You won't get a girlfriend if you don't do a budget, you know. <laughs> That's what they say. And so they go to university and they studiously add up everything they're spending on. And then no one ever tells them what they shouldn't spend more than. So I'm going to tell you, 
And this is the message that you've got to get out there. You need to add up your student loan. Yes, I said it. I put a loan in your income. We would never do that in any other walk of life, but it is true within student loans. You add up your student loan, any grant money, any money daddy parents give you, and any money you have from working in these day and age, most students, it's probably a good idea you try and get some work. It helps. It helps because of the, you're not necessarily going to get a great amount to live off, so it's important to do some work. You add up those four things, loan, grant, parents, income. That is your income. That is how much you should not spend more than. Do note, I did not include interest-free overdrafts from banks. I did not include credit card. I did not include commercial debt. They are not your income. You should not factor them in. You need to stick to those four things. And then do a budget, Johnny. That's from me. Thank you very much. Thank you.